Hey everybody, welcome to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. On today's episode, we are going to finish the story of how I met the real Jesus, specifically how I found freedom from the legalistic rules and religion that had controlled my life. remember last time, I talked about how I was trying to figure out which Jesus was the real Jesus, the Jesus that my group and church had taught me about, or the Jesus I was getting to know for myself as I read the Bible and prayed. And so that was when I was 19. The summer that I was 21, I went to camp, a real camp, to be a camp counselor all summer. Now, this was something that I had always wanted to do. I always loved kids. I loved working with kids. I loved teaching kids. I loved helping kids. And so camp was just kind of a natural thing. Strangely enough, I went to camp as a kid a couple times before we got into the crazy church, and I hated it. Like, I hated camp. I was one of those obnoxious little kids who just cried every day, all day long. I wanted to go home, and I absolutely hated it. But in the back of my mind, I thought to myself, someday I'm going to go be a camp counselor because... I think I could do this, and I think I could take care of kids like me. So I found this little camp in West Michigan, and it was kind of a fluke the way I even found it. It was totally a God thing, just a random chance happening to find this camp. And the thing that really attracted me about it was the fact that they had two camps. They had a camp for little kids and a camp for teenagers, and I was kind of terrified of teenagers. I just felt like I didn't relate to them at all. I wasn't sure how to interact with them or didn't understand half the things they were talking about. And so I was really excited about going to this camp for children, that I could just be a counselor for children all summer. So I applied and I was accepted. I remember during my interview, a phone interview with the director, he um, just had said, do you have any questions for us? And, and my question was, uh, can I wear skirts? Because that was still part of my life. I was still very much into um, my standards and my rules. Even though I had met Jesus and I was trying to figure out the truth and I was kind of sure I'd been brainwashed about some stuff, I was I was still wearing skirts and I was still uh, listening to mostly just instrumental music and I was still committed to the idea of courtship and I wasn't dating anybody and stuff like that. So I still had a lot of rules that were binding me up and tripping me up. I still had a lot of legalistic ideas in my head about who God was and what he wanted from me. So I asked the director, can I wear skirts? And he said, uh... Sure. And so I did. I showed up at this little camp in my long denim skirts and my long hair and my equally long list of rules. And that summer changed my life. Knowing what I know now about psychology and stuff like that, I can just see how important being at summer camp was for me, just in my own development and understanding of life. I basically went through adolescence as a 21-year-old. And I had the opportunity to do that at summer camp because you're supposed to be crazy and weird and fun and have these adventures. And I was surrounded by these normal people. I mean, like we called them worldly back in the day, the worldly Christians, people who looked like the world. And I was surrounded by them and they loved me and they accepted me in ways that I had never been accepted before. And they loved Jesus, like really genuinely loved Jesus. And it kind of threw me. A little bit. And so it was just a really great summer. I had a lot of firsts. I mean, I made friends with boys. I flirted with boys. I listened to Christian contemporary music. I worshiped to Christian contemporary music. 
I watched my first PG-13 movie. Just silly things like that. Um, I had experiences I'd never had before, even just going out on group dates on the weekends and stuff like that. It was just really, really eye-opening and just really healthy. And I just grew so much. I even bought a couple pair of capris. I mean, like literally loose grandma capris, but they were still capris. And it was just a great summer. I look back on that time and I just see, I see freedom. I found freedom for the first time. And I realized that I could love Jesus and let go of these rules. I realized that Jesus wasn't requiring these things of me. And I realized that I didn't have to be this strange looking person to be different from the world, that I could be different on the inside because I knew Jesus and I loved him. And it was a fantastic summer. It was so fantastic that I ended up coming back for the next four or five years of my life. And that little camp was a huge, huge part of who I am today. Now I left that camp at the end of the summer and I knew I needed a symbol to remind me of the freedom that I'd found. So I decided to go and get a cartilage piercing. Now that might not sound horrible to you, but to the group that I had grown up with, extra piercings of any kind were so worldly. You were allowed to have one set of earrings, small earrings as a female, and that was it. Even double piercings in your earlobes were considered, you know, pretty sketchy, but a cartilage piercing, that was like edgy and worldly and rebellious. But it wasn't to me anymore. I knew I was free. I could do this. And I wanted I wanted it so bad because I wanted that symbol. I wanted to look in the mirror and remember that I'm free. And so a friend of mine and I went to the mall on that last Saturday of camp. The kids had gone home and we went to the mall before I went back to my house and we got cartilage piercings. I didn't tell my parents. Now I was 21 and you would think that, you know, a 21 year old shouldn't have to ask permission from her parents, but that's not how I was raised. I was raised like under authority, man. You know, you, you talk to your authorities about stuff like this, but I didn't, I just did it. And I was so scared to come home and show my parents. And I remember I drove in the driveway. My dad was sitting on the front porch waiting for me because I'd been gone all summer and they missed me, which was very sweet. And I was so nervous. Like my heart was pounding and my hands were sweaty. And like the first thing I said to him as he hugged me, I'm like, daddy, daddy, I got a cartilage piercing. And he kind of pulled my hair back and looked at it and he just laughed. Like he didn't even care. And my mom was a little more like, why would you do that? But it wasn't like she thought it was wrong. She just thought it was silly. But man, I love my cartilage piercing. And shortly after I came home from camp, uh, my cousin and I went to Cedar Point. And I literally was chased through Cedar Point by some old friends to tell me how worldly I was. Somehow they had found out we were there too, and they just needed to let me know, like, I can't believe you have fallen so far. And honestly, it was kind of just the end for me. I was just like, okay, well, you know what? I don't really go to your church anymore, and there's no reason for me to see you in my life, so I'm just kind of done. And one of the things I had decided to do that summer was to go to college, which is huge. Like people don't go to college and especially a girl to go to college. But my dad, always the edgy home or public school teacher, had wanted me to go to college. And he told me I should go to college. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go to college. Now, I mean, I went to college right there in my own hometown. So I still stayed at home that first year and I went to college. But I decided I'm going to go to college. And so I kind of just walked away from that old life. I didn't go to that church anymore. I was going to college now, and even though I still wore skirts most of the time, and even though I still had super long hair, a lot of those rules were just falling away. I rocked out in my car to my new Christian contemporary music, and I just had this different freedom and life and joy. Eventually, I left the college in my hometown, and I moved in with my aunt and uncle, 
um, in a bigger town in East Michigan and went to a different college. And that was really just a huge, huge turning point in my life. I stopped wearing skirts, got my hair cut. People in my life really had no idea that things had been so crazy ever. Went to a normal church and I got a boyfriend that I met at camp and life was just different. But on the inside, I was still stuck. On the inside, I was still stuck in legalism and rules. I didn't even realize it. But there was a point, here I am in the middle of my school year, and I was struggling on the inside. On the outside, I would have looked totally fine for you. But on the inside, I was a mess. I was filled with anger and resentment. I was filled with worry. I was panicking about my worry, panicking about my fear, feeling like I was just completely out of control. I actually started having panic attacks. I had always struggled with anxiety, even as a kid, um, undiagnosed, just being called a worrier. And this was just a whole new level of anxiety, but I didn't know what it was. I was having these panic attacks. It was hard to even go to the store. I thought I was dying, but I'm kind of this prideful person who doesn't ever want to have anything wrong with her, so she doesn't tell anybody. So I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't go to the doctor, nothing. I just struggled alone. And I was just feeling so guilty, so consumed just with condemnation and guilt because I could not get it together because I was so messed up on the inside and there was just no way that God could be happy with me. So as my usual thing, I decided to go take a walk with Jesus and try to figure this out. So I went to one of my favorite parks and I'm walking and I'm like confessing sin and I'm talking about all these things, trying to figure out what was going on, trying to find the right formula. And I'm just, I'm just a mess. And I'm walking through the woods and I get to this opening and the sun is just kind of streaming through the trees. And it's so quiet and still and beautiful right there. And I just feel the Holy Spirit whisper to my heart. He says, I've never loved you more than I've loved you right now. And I thought, no, that, that can't be true. That's not really God. And the reason I thought that was because in my head, I had Romans 8, 1 going through my head. And in our old church, we only ever used the King James Version or possibly the New King James. And so in my head, there was this verse saying, now there's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And somehow I had figured that out. Like if I'm walking in the flesh, I'm in sin, I'm a mess, like I don't have it figured out right, then I'm under condemnation. And it's only if I'm walking in the spirit or doing the right thing is that I'm not under condemnation. And so when I hear the Holy Spirit tell me, I've never loved you more than I've loved you right now, I'm like, you can't love me right now because look at me, I'm a mess. I'm just falling apart. And so I went home kind of confused and I got out my new Bible that I'd gotten for Christmas and it was an ESV version. And I pulled out Romans 1 or Romans 8, 1, and I started looking at it and I was like, wait a minute, half of that verse is missing because it just said, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, period. And that was the end. And I was so confused. And so I started going on the internet. And this was like back when we had dial-up internet. So it was like dial-up internet. Finally got on the internet and I'm looking up these different Bible verses and different translations. And that half of the verse is gone. And it's not there. The only version that has the second half of that verse is the King James and the New King James. And I was like, wait a minute. And the light bulb just kind of went on. And I'm like, I'm in Christ Jesus. That's something I've never doubted. I know that Jesus saved me. I know that he died for my sins and I am totally confident in that. So I'm in Christ Jesus. And if I'm in Christ Jesus, then, then there's no condemnation. Then that voice I heard in my head in the woods, 
telling me he never loved me more than he loved me right now, that's true. That's legitimate. Like Jesus loves me now, right now. And that was just a huge, huge moment in my life. I remember just sitting there on the floor, just crying and and letting him love me. And I think about this and I want to think about you guys because I know that I'm not the only person that has sat there in this condemnation and this feeling that I'm not performing correctly. And I know that I'm not the only person who struggled with, does God even like me? Like he loves me because he has to, but does he really like me? I, I don't think he likes me right now. So I want to ask you a question. When you imagine God thinking about you, what look is on his face? And if you could imagine the Trinity having a conversation about you, what are they saying? And your answers to those questions show a lot about how you view God and how you view yourself. And I just want to let you know that God loves you. And his love for you is not based on your performance. It is not based on anything you have done or have not done. He loves you because he created you and he wants you. And he made you and he thinks you are amazing. And yeah, I still believe that sin messed everything up. I'm a historical Christian. And so I believe that our brokenness has separated us from God. However, God was the one who fixed that. Like he doesn't need us to fix it. God came as Jesus and he died on the cross for our sins. So he's already appeased himself. And all we have to do is trust in that. And then we're restored into this relationship with him because he wants us. He doesn't want our performance. He doesn't want our good things that we do. He just wants us. And as we understand that, and as we can trust in that and believe in that, well, yeah, we're going to change because we want to, because we love him because we don't want the things we used to want, because our heart is different. And that's the key there, guys. When I think about the way I grew up and how I met Jesus and how my heart was changed, that's why my behavior is different nowadays. That's why I choose the things I choose. That's why I don't do the things I don't do. And I'm not perfect. I don't have this thing figured out. Like I'm a messed up sinner too, but I know that there is a God who loves me and who wants me. And he loves you and he wants you too. And we have twisted him and we have confused him. And in our Christianese religion, we have messed it up, guys. But that doesn't mean he's different. That doesn't mean he has changed. It means that we have screwed up our idea about who he is. And so I just hope that you will stick with me on this podcast because I want to talk about some of the stuff we've messed up. I want to talk about some of the stuff that we've twisted. And I want to talk about how we can find the real God. So in this next few episodes are going to be a series kind of walking through some of the core theology, which is just the study of God that um, I believe that I've come to understand and that I think is really important for us to really understand who God is. So until then, guys, just keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.